0: Well, like I said earlier, this is going to be a little bit different, and so if it's your first time with us, you picked an interesting Sunday to be here for the first time. It's still a good Sunday for you to be here for the first time, and you'll you'll understand more than most people do on their first Sunday, kind of about who we are and where we've been and where we're going as a congregation, and so um, I'm excited just to kind of share with you, this is, um, you can call it whatever you want to, there's a little... um, threefold in your bulletin today, I would encourage you to not get that out. I know when I spoke about it, everybody was like, oh, let me get that out. Uh, I would encourage you to look at that later on. I would suggest, uh, look, everything I'm going to say today is in there, but if you try to follow along, I'm not going in that order at all. And you'll be like, wait, you skipped something, and I won't have skipped something. I'll just get back to it later. And so that's more your take home, um, something that church council put together um, as a kind of a summary the state of the church, where we are, where we've been, where we're going. Um, there is some information about budget in there as well. Um, stuff that we're going to be giving to you every February, and then a message like this every February um, ongoing. And so, today, on behalf of the leadership of New Life, I want to share this update. And uh, I'm excited about it because the truth is, God is good, He has been good. And to me, that's never been more evident for us here at New Life than in this past year. And it's important that we take the time to celebrate all the good things that he has done. Now, it's interesting for me. This morning has been like information overload for me. I just want you to know that. Um, I was delayed to the stage even in this service. I've just been talking to a lot of people. But in some of those cases, it's been heavy stuff. Some folks we didn't know. We're sick, some folks in the hospital we didn't know we're in the hospital, some folks that have been in the hospital that have taken a turn, and all those things are, are being shared with you this morning, and then I'm supposed to get up and talk about all the good things that God has done and celebrate what he will do. And I, and I you know, it, before each service even, have thought to myself, how am I supposed to get up and be excited about this stuff when I know how much people are hurting and worrying and that, you know, I'm going to go to the hospital right after church and visit some folks, and how am I supposed to be seeing the good in that. Can I even do that? And the truth is, yes. Because no matter what this world throws at us, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how much it hurts, God is still good. He's still on his throne, and we can still see all that he is doing. Everything in this life, including pain, is temporary. But God is eternal, and he has eternity for us. And so, Because God is good, it's important that we celebrate that, and I want to look back over 2019 and celebrate. Consider the words of the writer of the 66th Psalm. The psalm was likely written in response to God answering some specific prayers and doing some great things in the life of both the writer of this psalm and for God's people. Here's what he says. He says, shout joyful praises to God all the earth. Sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Your enemies cringe before your mighty power. Everything on earth will worship you. They will sing your praises, shouting your name in glorious songs. Come and see what our God has done, what awesome miracles he performs for people. He made a dry path through the Red Sea, and his people went across on foot. There we rejoiced in him. How often do we actually tell the world? how glorious God is. We may tell him ourselves, and we sing his praise every Sunday together as we just did, but I'm not sure that we do as good of a job as we should of celebrating all that God is doing and all that God has done. And it may be a situation where as a church, as a congregation, we may feel like we're bragging or taking credit for things that God has done. And so we're glad that good things happen, but we are known to kind of mute our celebrations. And I'm afraid... That if that's the case, if that's what we do, then we also won't be looking forward as expectantly as we should to see what God's going to do next. You see, I think sometimes we sell God a little bit short when it comes to our expectations. I love the way Paul put it in his letter to the Ephesians. As he writes, he includes this prayer for spiritual growth in chapter 3. And as he's closing the prayer, he says this. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. See, I don't think we expect amazing things from God nearly enough. I don't think we realize just what God can and will do in our lives and through our lives because it really is God at work in us. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he left his disciples with what we call the Great Commission, and I'll share that with you, uh, the actual scripture, in a few moments. But he concludes his words by confirming to them that even though he was going away physically, he would be with them always. The truth is we're not qualified to do the things that God has called us to do, but we don't have to be qualified because he is with us. So I want to start by highlighting some of the things that God did in and through New Life in 2019 that we need to celebrate and then move into what he has planned for us ongoing. And again, if this sounds like bragging, understand that if we're bragging, we're bragging on God. God because he is in control, and none of these things would have happened without his hand. And a lot of this is going to include numbers. But remember, numbers, numbers represent real people that God loves, and that he sent Jesus to be the sacrifice for, and so numbers matter because people matter. Our week-over-week attendance increased in the last year from around 240 people in attendance to its current level of 340 people in attendance. It's a 100 percent increase on average. But more importantly to me, that number includes every single Sunday between 70 and 90 kids and students, birth through, fifth, or birth through 12th grade. So within that number, you know, even though you see who's in here across our services, there are 70 to 90 kids, and they're volunteers who are fantastic, by the way, either in our children's classrooms or out here in the Mosler for our student ministry services. Some of you may not realize we have student ministry services that coincide with our Sunday morning main services. We've been able to expand in the last year to the third service, this service out there for our students, which has created more opportunities for them to connect, more room for each service to grow. In addition, in our second service in that student ministry service, they've begun their own student-led worship team. They pick their own music, they practice with some guidance, and they lead the worship on Sunday mornings in second service. It's a blessing to see our students stepping up into positions of leadership. Additionally, our Thursday evening kids' ministry program, we call KidNection. Maybe you're not familiar with it. If you don't have kids, you probably wouldn't be. But on Thursday evenings, we have a number of life groups that meet here at the church. And so during that time, we also have KidNection. And KidNection has easily doubled in attendance in the last year, creating more opportunities for kids to connect and learn. And the truth is, I help out with KidNection. Um, sometimes it feels like it's tripled. That, that's what it feels more like because they're just kids keep coming, and it's fantastic. We've been able to even give them an opportunity to serve. It's difficult to find things that kids can do that are real service opportunities. And so for years, our life groups have taken turns bagging food at Quarles Elementary School for their weekend meal program. Um, They bag food up that goes home with kids in need for the weekend so make sure they have meals. And uh, we've always had our life groups do that. now our kids, uh, our Kidnexion kids, are also in that rotation. Um, And they love going and seeing who can fill the most bags the quickest. You know, see if they can carry more bags than Mr. Gavin and all those kinds of things. Our student ministry does the same. Our student ministry takes usually multiple turns. Now, they always go to Taco Bell afterwards. I I feel like there's an incentive plan there. Let's go bag food and then we'll eat Taco Bell. So um, we're so proud of them for for their willingness to serve in that way. We were also able to work our kids into our Christmas projects. We always make a big deal about projects around Christmas. And our kids made ornaments for residents of Evergreen Health and Rehab, and then along with our student ministry there to help them out, distributed those at the home. In 2019 alone, we had 31 people transfer their membership to New Life. And even more importantly, we had 14 baptisms. And I would suggest, based on 2020 so far, uh, we will have more than that this year. I firmly believe that that's going to happen. We love when people come to New Life whether, wherever they are in their faith journey, but it's those first-time decisions for Jesus Christ that have the most eternal significance. And so we say that it's our mission to reach the lost. That's the mission Jesus left us with. So we're going to continue to value those first-time decisions immensely. I'll also highlight that of those baptisms, nine of them, we're kids and students. Nine of them were, were under 18, which is awesome. We're, we're building this foundation with them. They're, they're making that decision at a point in their life where they can really build their life on Jesus Christ. Jesus gave that directive to us in Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When I read those words from Jesus himself, I'm reminded that no matter what else is or becomes a part of our mission as a congregation, it has to start with that which he called us to, which is reaching the lost, discipling them in what it looks like to follow Jesus. So that remains our mission. 2019 was also a year of expansion, for us. We announced plans to eventually expand our facility, which we'll talk about in a little more detail in a few minutes. We did expand our parking lot with the addition of the gravel overflow lot behind the main building, 14 spaces that are useful year-round and also leave the field open for even more overflow and good weather. Additionally, adjusting our service times has allowed us to be better prepared for every single person who comes on our campus on Sundays. To have both a place to park and a place to sit. The only place we really have issues still is that transition in the hallway between second and third service. You know it. You've run that gauntlet before. I understand that. But, But you all, a lot of you, took it upon yourselves to shift from one service to this service in order to make room for someone else. And we cannot say thank you enough for taking that step. Also, to those of you who were a part of this service when it was at 11.30, I know coming at 11 may be a sacrifice for you. Maybe you really value that last 30 minutes, right? But I did tell first service, first service only moved 15 minutes earlier. The earlier in the day that it is, the longer that time span feels like. Like, we only asked them to move 15 minutes, but 15 minutes at 8.15 seems a lot longer than 30 minutes at 11. So... That's just my opinion. But I really do appreciate everybody was so cool about the service time changes, and I firmly believe it has had a big place in, in, in our growth. We were also able in the last year to expand our staff with the hiring of Lexi Cook as our Director of Outreach and Engagement in September. And under Lexi's leadership in those areas, we have expanded both our ministry to local organizations and our ability to assist individuals in need of financial assistance or connections to job assistance or things like that. In just the short time we've tracked it, which is from mid-September to now, through projects and individual contacts, we've been able to assist in 18 specific situations where assistance was given by New Life after a walk-in or a call-in. More than 25 additional situations where referrals to local resources were provided after a walk-in or call-in. Through our Christmas projects, 30 families from Quarles Elementary School were provided a Christmas meal, gift card, laundry detergent, wrapping paper, hats, and gloves, and more. Ten families from the Kids Club of the Northern Shenandoah Valley were provided a brand new Christmas tree along with decorations and a star for each of those trees. 85 individuals at the Winchester Rescue Mission were provided with both a gift card and a book of Winchester Transit bus tickets, a new new idea this year to help them with their transportation needs. Through other give-back opportunities tied to our kids' carnival and the Mark Cable concert this past fall, more than 100 sports balls, jump ropes, and workbooks were collected for the kids' clubs and 50 coats and more than 100 hats and pairs of gloves for Grafton. And if you're around for that one, also one scarf. (laughs) Don't forget the one scarf. People still call the church all the time looking for assistance, and that's important that they're going to do that. They're going to reach out. And, And what you have to understand is those folks that are calling the church for assistance, have usually exhausted all their other options. They don't want to call around to different churches and ask for help or ask for money or ask for assistance. Nobody wants to find themselves in that position. But we've been able to change the way we deal with that to really help, to assist if we can and if we can't, to connect them to resources where they can be helped in the long term. And one of the cool things, one of the best things we've begun to see is that when we point someone to a resource, when we connect someone with a resource, in a lot of cases, they will call back again, not to ask for additional help, but to ask for additional resources. They will call back because the resource was helpful, and they want to know, okay, I've got this job help. Do you know someone that could help with housing? Do you know? And we actually help to move people along the line towards self-sufficiency instead of just giving them Band-Aids in tough situations. Another area that expanded was the natural expansion of our missions and benevolence giving. Each year we commit a percentage of the general giving that you all so generously give through offerings to missions and benevolence locally, domestically, and internationally. You've got a a little pie chart in that little threefold um, that I would encourage you to look at at some point. That's the breakdown of how our budget is laid out for 2020. And you'll see right on there the percentage that we hold aside for missions and benevolence. And so since it's based on a percentage, as our internal giving increased, so did our mission giving to people in organizations like AbbaCare and Canon Anita Hoke in West Africa and Cedar Creek Christian Camp and more. If you haven't stopped by the map out in the hallway that lists our partner organizations, I'd encourage you to do so. The fact is our giving increased by 25% from 2018 to 2019. And the number of givers increased by 40%. Those are both significant numbers because that increase in resources directly correlates to an increase in our impact across the board. And so we cannot say thank you enough for your generosity. 2019 also marked the beginning of our new Next Steps gathering, held four times each year as an opportunity for those new to faith or new to new life to spend some time with the leadership, to spend time with other new faces while also enjoying lunch hearing a presentation on who we are, why we do what we do, where we're going as a congregation, and having an opportunity to ask some questions. And it's been a blessing across those gatherings to get to know so many of you, to have that face time, and to eat pasta and salad from Anthony's because it's always delicious. They know now when I call, they have my phone number tied to my little account and I'll call Anthony's to order the food and they know it's going to be a big order, they just want to know how much. And so we, we, we enjoy sharing in that with you all how many just for curiosity's sake i did this last service too how many of you have been through next steps a good number of you have walked through next steps that's the goal is that that you don't just come and sit and just fade into the background that you come and you find ways to get plugged in and involved and and one of the best routes to do that is by attending next steps we've also shown growth in the area of life groups We've gone from six active life groups in the fall of 2018 to 11 active life groups in the fall of 2019. We firmly believe that you can grow spiritually on your own by studying scripture, coming to church, doing those things, but but it's often a slow process. On the other hand, when you have people you can rely on, people you're held accountable by and to, people that will pray for you, people that will walk through life with you. I believe that growth can be exponentially increased. Our belief in the importance of life groups finds some of its base in this passage from Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, beginning verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. If we're not encouraging one another, if we're not motivating one another, spurring one another on, then I don't think we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, what God has called us to do as the family of God. And understand our life groups, they study and they pray for one another, but they also go out and they serve. They serve at quarrels and the food bagging, as I mentioned, but they're also going out on their own and plugging in at the Winchester Rescue Mission, serving meals there. We had life groups that have gone and served in other ways, served a meal at the kids clubs in the northern Shenandoah Valley, have done other things. It's part of what it is to be a life group is to grow, but then also to go and put that growth to good use in our community. So if you haven't taken that step to join a life group, I challenge you today to consider joining one. Or commit to, de- to yourself today to make sure you're at the next Men's Connect or Women's Connect gathering. Connecting with others, no matter where they are in their faith journey and no matter where you are, will make a huge difference in your life. And then a few other things I want to highlight briefly. Our live stream. Some of you may not be aware of this, but each Sunday we live stream this service. I say it to the camera, but you may have always wondered why I do that. It's because we are literally live. Also, good morning, Facebook. I didn't tell you that this morning. Let me pause in the middle and say good morning. It's good to have you with us. It's been a blessing to do this. We, we weren't sure when we started doing it, but, but for folks who have moved to another area but want to stay connected to those who are traveling on a Sunday, to those who have to work on Sundays, those who are ill, it has been a very valuable thing to have on the plate as far as an option for people to stay connected. And so on any given Sunday, you guys are in this room, but we're also joined by folks from West Virginia, from Kentucky, from Arkansas, from Tennessee, even from West Africa. We had somebody vacation in Iceland. They came to church with us that day. (laughs) These things are cool to me. Additionally, we changed the format of our fall kickoff weekend in 2019. It previously had been an all-on Sunday event, and we decided we needed to make it a two-day thing. And so on Saturday, we had a fantastic gathering with a meal and inflatables and our second annual kickball games, the adult game and the kid game. And then Sunday, we started a brand new series we called Reasons. Now of all the teaching we did in 2019, Reasons stands out to me because it was a series based on research that you all did for us. So many of you went out and you asked your friends and your family and your neighbors and your coworkers, and in some cases I think even strangers, why they don't go to church. You were bold and you went and asked those questions and we took those answers that you brought to us and we turned it into a sermon series where we addressed those reasons The conversations that came from that were invaluable, and it will remain one of my favorite series we've done in a long time. And then one of my favorite highlights from this past year was our kids' carnival. In truth, we never know what to expect when it comes to how many people will come through our doors for something like a kids' carnival, but this year we almost doubled the highest carnival attendance we had ever had by having 190 kids be part of our carnival. And that doesn't even count the adults who came and enjoyed the fun with their kids as well. And while sometimes it's hard to see the carnival as anything more than just fun and games, there are folks who are part of our family today, part of our church today, whose first contact with us was at the carnival. The enduring image I have from the carnival involves Oreos. You see, we had wonderful people make baked goods for us. We had tons of baked goods ready to go. And I don't think it was even 30 minutes into the carnival. When we got word that we were running out of baked goods, that it was just that popular. And so there's not really a grocery store very close to the church here. And so we sent a volunteer, said, just go do whatever you can to get some dessert kind of stuff. I've never seen so many packs of Oreos and Chips Ahoy, but we went through almost all of them. Uh, because people just kept coming and it was a fantastic experience. There's a lot more that could be said about what God has been doing around here in the last year. And it's all praiseworthy. Praiseworthy. But we didn't want today to just be a recap, but also an encouragement as we move forward. You see, as long as there are people in our lives who do not have a relationship with Jesus, our mission will not be complete, which means we cannot allow ourselves to become comfortable or complacent or satisfied because the work is not done, the job is not done. We have to stay on mission. There is a temptation in the midst of celebrating good things to take a break, to relax, to say we've earned it. We can't do that. Consider what Jesus said in Luke chapter 15, beginning in in verse 1. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. There are still too many lost sheep for us to take a break. Too many lost sheep for us to coast for a while. And I believe that God has big things planned for us as individuals and as a congregation in 2020 and beyond. We are as resource rich as a body of believers as we have ever been in both people, in in money, in talent, in all of those things. If we don't take this opportunity to try to do more good, to try to reach more people, to try to have a greater impact, we are wasting what God has blessed us with. And so that means a number of things for us as a congregation today and moving forward. It means we're going to continue to focus on outreach and engagement. We'll continue to increase our involvement in our community because it's in our community where lost people live. And it's in our community where we find a significant amount of physical and spiritual need. And if you don't think physical and spiritual needs are intertwined, they often are. And so if we ignore the needs of people, if we always find ourselves saying no to needs we see or needs presented, I'm afraid we'll find ourselves not looking very much like Jesus nor the church he desires us to be. In Matthew 25, Jesus takes an opportunity to describe the final judgment and he focuses on the difference between people who take care of the poor and clothe the naked and speak up for the oppressed and those who don't. And he makes it very clear in both cases when he says, when you did or did not do those things to the least of these... You did or did not do those things to me. And what Jesus pointed to was the responsibility that we have to care for our fellow man, the fact that we will be held accountable for our response to our fellow man, especially when he is in need. And so while we as a congregation won't always to be, be able to say yes to every need, with what we've learned in the last few months, with new systems and processes, we're able to more effectively and in a more well-rounded way, truly help people. And so one of my goals for this year with that understanding is to help us understand a little more what it would look like for us individually to respond in those same ways, to have that same kind of impact in our own world. You know what your neighbor might need. You can identify the spiritual needs or the physical needs in the life of your coworkers. How can we do a better job as individuals? responding to the needs around us, whatever they are. In the area of facility expansion, it's still our plan to expand our facility here on our current property. If you're around in June of 2019, we had Vision Sunday, a Sunday where myself and the elders shared about where we believe God is leading us as far as our physical facility. And many of you that day uh, contributed by uh, agreeing to join us for 30 days of prayer. And the process has been ongoing since then. We've had a planning team that's meeting regularly. We've completed a topographical survey of our property. We've engaged with professionals to work toward a site plan and with our current lender, Christian Financial Resources. And in the coming months, we'll be inviting you into the process on a deeper level, moving toward a capital campaign to raise funds for the project and more. Again, we want to make sure there's always room for more people to come and to be a part of the family here at New Life, to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, to plug in and serve with us and to join us on our mission of reaching the lost and impacting our community. I'll highlight some of the great work our church council has done in preparing for this facility expansion. I will say, uh, sometimes I think church council, they're kind of the unsung hero of things because they got to look at the numbers, and they have to make the tough decisions, and they set the budget. They do a lot of things that are very much behind the scenes, but they've also very much kept their eyes pointed toward the future. And so we've begun to set aside a percentage of each Sunday's offering into both a rainy day maintenance fund, as well as a fund toward the new building. We were also so blessed last year that at the end of 2019, we were able to prepay all of our 2020 mortgage payments, moving us even closer to satisfying what's left of our existing debt. It is each of our individual responsibility to be good stewards of everything God has blessed us with in our lives. And it's our responsibility as a leadership to be good stewards of everything God has blessed us with as a congregation through your generosity. And we don't take that responsibility for granted. And then a few things I want you to look forward to for the rest of 2020. We're currently finalizing plans to create a new connection point within our facility for those of you who desire to find serving opportunities out in our community. We've always tried to do our best to connect people and groups with opportunities in the community, but we wanna make it more practical where you can stop by and take information on the different groups, where if you come to us and you say, I have Saturday mornings free. I have an hour on Tuesday afternoon. What organization can I give some time to uh, for God's glory? And we want to be able to do a better job of facilitating those connections for you through information and introductions. In the fall, I'm planning to launch a study for anyone who is interested called How to Study the Bible. A lot of you study God's Word on your own, which is fantastic. But I also know there are a lot of people who are intimidated by the Scriptures, who don't know where to start, but they would love to study. So we're going to take an extremely practical look at how to get the most out of our study of Scripture. Additionally, in late summer, we'll hold what we're calling our Life Group Leader Summit. It's a gathering for all current life group leaders and anyone interested in potentially leading a life group for training, a time to share stories of victory, of lessons learned, and a time to encourage and build one another up. If you've ever considered the possibility of becoming a life group leader, be on the lookout for information about that. See, ultimately, if I had to summarize what we believe God is calling us to in 2020 and beyond, it's to move forward with our mission. I'm particularly inspired in that mission by Paul's words to the Philippian Christians in Philippians chapter 3, beginning of verse 12. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. We're running a race that has a prize that is incomparable. And the cool thing is, there isn't only one prize. It's not only a prize for the first person to finish. I remember every year in elementary school when track and field day would come around. It was a lot different than when I was a kid than it is for my kids today. There are no places today. You don't get first place, second place, third place. They just play games on track and field day. But for us, we got to sign up for different events. And so if you, you want to do the softball throw or the football kick or something, you got to sign up and you participated, and then you got a ribbon no matter where you finished. And so there's some 6th and 8th place ribbons somewhere at my parents' house. I'm quite sure of that. But one year, I'm just kidding. I was really good at the football kick. Um, One year, despite the fact that I was not exactly athletic, I signed up for the longest race available. And I very much wish I could remember how long it was, but I can't. But I convinced myself that though I wasn't fast, I had stamina. Newsflash. I did not have stamina. (laughs) And I finished last, and it was not close, but I finished. And not winning first, not winning the prize was heartbreaking for the kid version of me. I don't know if I really believed I was going to win or what. But the heavenly prize that Paul wrote about, it's not just for one, but for all who believe, for all who repent and confess and are baptized, all who live for Jesus, all who know him as their saviour. And it's that prize that we press on toward. And so as we continue in 2020 and beyond, I would simply ask that you take a couple of specific challenges on with us. First of all, take one step in 2020 that you haven't taken before. Maybe that's accepting Jesus as your Savior. Maybe that's becoming a member of the church here in New Life. Maybe that's joining a life group. Maybe it's leading in some way. Maybe it's stepping up to serve. Maybe it's stepping outside these walls and finding somewhere to serve in the community. I don't know what it looks like, but everyone, everyone has a step. That can be taken. Secondly, pray for new life. Pray for our leadership. Pray for our future. We want to, above everything else, trust God and let him lead. And sometimes that's difficult because we all have opinions. We all have preferences. But what God has for us needs to outweigh that. And the best way to keep that focus is through consistent prayer. And then thirdly, pray that God would make your role and what he's doing here in and through new life clear to you. And that he'd give you the boldness to step up to the plate for him. See, New Life isn't my church, it isn't your church, it isn't even really our church, it's God's church. And God's church is what this world desperately needs. And again, I I mentioned this a moment ago, but we are in a position right now, a unique position where we we have everything we need to increase our impact, to better reach the lost. If we're willing to not just settle where we are. And So we're not going to settle. Let's pray. God, thank you for all that we have to celebrate that you've given to us. For all the blessings of the past year. that we can't be grateful enough for them. And God, we can't be grateful enough for where we are as a congregation. But I pray that we wouldn't be content to stay here either. And so I pray as we look to the future that we would stay focused on what you have for us, that we would allow you to continue to lead and guide us. God, I'm thankful for this body of believers and the impact that they've had and will continue to have in our community and beyond. God, give us your boldness as we seek to serve you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We want you to know the invitations that we offer each Sunday, they're always open. You can call us anytime, stop by anytime, shoot me an email anytime, and I would love to talk to you about making a first-time decision for Jesus Christ, or about rededicating your life to him, or about becoming a member of the family here at New Life. Those invitations are always open, but they're also open right now, and so we're gonna sing a song. And if you've got one of those decisions to make, I'd encourage you to come forward as we stand and sing.